Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis 1 about the characteristics of God that are seen in the preparations of creation, not just so man wouldn't perish, but so man would be preserved. Download this message for free at friendshipwithgod.org or find this message for free on iTunes.com by searching for the Friendship with God podcast. And before the start of today's program, we want to offer you our resource of the month, which is Tom Cantor's personal testimony on DVD and in a booklet form. It's called How a Jew Came to Know and Put His Trust in the Jewish Messiah. It's a wonderful testimony. If you've never heard the testimony of Tom Cantor, it's great, it's wonderful, and you'll enjoy this book and this DVD presentation of Tom Cantor's testimony. It's yours as our resource of the month. Some of you don't know who Tom Cantor is, but you've been listening to our tremendous Bible teacher here on the Friendship with God radio program, and you might ask, who is Tom Cantor? Tom Cantor is an amazing man of faith and has a wonderful testimony. Tom Cantor is not just a great Bible teacher, pastor, successful scientist, author, patent owner, and CEO, but he's also a Jewish Christian who is a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ with this incredible testimony on DVD and in a booklet form. Just a couple of tidbits that might interest you if you don't know much about Tom Cantor. He is the CEO and president of Scanabody's Laboratory, not just a great Bible teacher and pastor, but he's got one of the largest privately held biotech companies in the world that God has allowed him to be the CEO and owner and operator and founder of. And it's represented on five continents with over 700 employees. Tom Cantor is also the 2009 Whistleblower of the Year Award recipient helping thousands of patients' lives and saving them by speaking the truth against a billion-dollar Goliath company that was harming its patients. And that's what you'll hear in this book and in this DVD of Tom Cantor's life story and testimony. But if you ask Tom Cantor, all of these accomplishments that the Lord has allowed him to do are nothing as important compared to what God has done through his business, his missions, and through his Jewish Evangelism Outreach Ministry, Israel Restoration Ministries. God has done wonderful things. You'll enjoy this great testimony book and DVD from Tom Cantor to get this resource of the month for a donation of any amount towards the Friendship with God radio program that helps keep this program going on this station in this city. Please call us right now or after the program at 800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Again, 800-247-3051. You can also go online to friendshipwithgod.org, to our online bookstore under resources. And there you'll find all of Tom Cantor's books and tracks and videos and of teaching. And you can get those online, again, at friendshipwithgod.org, including his testimony DVD and video. Now, here's Tom Cantor teaching us why God waited until day six to create man and how God prepared the world for man when he arrived, because our God is a preparing God. The United States used to be have these vast areas called grasslands. But in Africa, you really see the importance of the grass feeding all those animals. Elephants eat 400 pounds of grass a day. That's what they do. And, and, and as you know, we have about 200 goats. They don't eat that much. But we, we feed them baled alfalfa, our goats. We used to. And it's expensive. And that's why we switched to pellets. It doesn't matter. It's very expensive. 
But when I was in Tanzania and I saw this herd of 200 elephants, I got, you know, started thinking about how much does it cost to feed those elephants. Got very, very nervous because those 200, that, that one herd, uh, those 200 elephants, I got very nervous because I realized they're eating 80,000 pounds of grass a day. This herd, just one herd, 80,000 pounds. If we had to buy alfalfa, that would cost $3 million a year. Sure glad they weren't mine. But, and that's just one of the herds. And they're not the only ones eating the grass there. The gazelles are eating the grass, and the, and the antelopes are eating the grass, and the wildebeest are eating the grass, and the, the water buffalo is eating the grass. Everything's eating grass. All these herbivore animals. And, and God prepared those grasses for those animals. And they didn't look like they were going hungry. And, and so he made the grass. He put the plants on the earth for man, and the fruit trees he put on the earth for man. Preparation, preparation, preparation. So he prepared the earth for man so that he could have this system to keep track of the time so that he would know when to worship God on these special holidays. Speaking of days to celebrate what God did, we meet together. We're here together in this teaching class and, and, and the preaching time to follow. And what are we doing on this day? We're learning more about the Lord Jesus as the light of the world, right? We're learning more and more about him. Why don't we do this on the Sabbath, uh, yesterday, Saturday? Why don't we do this on the Saturday, as some say we should? Well, one reason is because today, because of Easter, because this is the day the Lord rose from the dead. So we celebrate that fact when we meet on the first day of the week. You all know this is the first day of the week, right? Monday's not the first day of the week. Today's the first day of the week, right? You may go to work on Monday, but that doesn't make it the first day of the week. All right. But another reason we meet in church on uh, today to learn about the Lord, because when we meet here, like we said, we are celebrating Him as the light of the world. What day of the week is it today? First day. What day of the week did God create the light? First day. So when we meet on the first day and learn about him as the light of the world, we are celebrating the fact that God created light on the first day. Who is the light? The Lord Jesus Christ. So that's another reason why we meet on Sunday. Now, uh, fourth purpose for creating uh, these lights in the skies in verse 14. We can keep track of the days. In 24 hours, what, what happens in 24 hours? The earth makes a full rotation, right? Around itself. If you want to know what time it is, there weren't any watches or cell phones at that day. So yeah. <laughs> I was amazed when, when we started our business in, in Ethiopia and our operation there, and we worked with the tribe, and they don't have any electricity, they don't have any watches, they don't have any clocks. And we told them, you have to show up at 8 o'clock sharp, we told them. <laughs> and you have to work till 5 p.m. every day. We told them, you know, and they didn't have any watches. And we and we, and we started we started you know, with thirteen employees, and we and we we set them up with a four tier pay system. They said, now you get this much money <laughs> if you just come <laughs> anytime, just show up, you know? <laughs> and then you get more money if you come at eight o'clock. And then we told them, we said, and you get even more money if you stay till five. And then we tell them, and you get more money if you come back the next day. <laughs> well, they all managed to figure out how to get the highest pay. And they all showed up at 8 o'clock, and we're amazed. How do they do that? They know how to read the sun. They know how to read time by the sun. They just, they know it. And that's how it is. That's how it was. 
Now, fifth purpose in verse 14. Years, years. God prepared, as we've already mentioned, God prepared for man the earth so that he could have a system or a way to track which month it is so he could have these holidays. What happens in a year? The, the earth goes around the sun in 365.25. Forget about the point two five. 365 days it's going around the sun. That's what he does. And that's how he set it up. Makes a full rotation. In, in verse 15 and 17, he twice states the last purpose for the lights, which was what? To give light. To give light on the earth. He prepared the earth for man by making the earth to always have light on it. And so that finished God's fourth day. Now, in verse 20, God prepared the earth for man by creating what for man? Little tiny creatures in the water. And, tw- and, and, and it says, and let them swarm. Swarm a swarm. And like krill. And like plankton. And algae, I guess. It was giant whales, huge giant whales live on. The largest animals on earth live on microscopic organ, microscopic animals. It's amazing. And they travel great distances for this. For this there. And, and then and he prepared, prepared for man to have a food supply for the whales and for the fish who, who ate some of the, the, and the fish and the birds that ate some of the fish. And, he, and that's the way he set it all up. And, and he prepared the earth for man by giving this water a life and a charge that he gave to the life to just swarm a swarm, become just full of life. And the ocean is in the sea. They're full of life. I'm going to give you a verse here. You can look at it later. Psalm 107, verse 23 through 24. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. It's another thing God did. He set up so we could have commerce and business on the sea. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. That's what, so, so in other words, he prepared all this for man, and he said, if you ever go out there, and I don't like to go out there, I get seasick, but anyway, if you ever go out there on these fishing places and things like that, you see great fishes. I prefer to see them in Vons, but anyway. <laughs> now, that was God's fifth day. That's what he did on the fifth day. Now, next in verse 24, what did God do for man to prepare the earth for man? Animals. He made animals, right? He made animals. He made cattle and creepers, little creepers and wild bees. All these things God did to prepare the earth for man, to prepare the earth for man. And when God prepared the earth for man by doing all these things, there's a characteristic of God that's seen. In, when we see him here in this work. And, and turn, if this is important, to Psalm 1, 136. Turn to Psalm 136, because what he did here is described in Psalm 136 in a marvelous way that David does, because he guides us with, with, with this wonderful psalm in how we are to look at God's creation. And he starts off by just saying, Clear the slate, clear the table. There's one response and one response only that you must have when you look at the creation. And what is it in verse 1, Psalm 136, 1? Give thanks. Oh, he says, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And he says, now there's one characteristic of God that you're going to see over and over and over again in the creation. And what is that characteristic? Mercy. Mercy of God, he says. There's the mercy of God here. Look at it, he says. In another time, David says, oh, I can't stand any longer. Oh, that men would, would give thanks. Anyways, here he says, oh, give thanks. He says, give thanks unto the God of gods, his mercy endures forever. Look at verse 4. To him alone who doeth wondrous things, his mercy endureth forever. 
To him by wisdom, verse 5, made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. He stretched out the earth above the waters. 6, verse, mercy endureth forever. Verse 7, he made great lights, his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, his mercy endureth forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night, his mercy endures forever. His mercy, his mercy, his mercy. That's the characteristic that you see about God. Turn to Psalm 36. To keep that thought in your mind about the mercy of God. There's another characteristic that you see, and it starts off, it's referenced here in Psalm 36, verse 5. Psalm 36, 5 through 9. Thy mercy, O Lord, it's in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reaches under the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep, O Lord. Thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy what? Loving kindness, thy... Chesed, thy loving kindness, thy chesed, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust in the shadow of wings. Now I want you to follow the thought pattern here. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the goodness, with the fatness of thy house. Thou shalt make them drink of the pleasures, the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of what? Life. Mercy. Loving kindness. Life. Preservest. Don't let that word go. Preservest. Preserve us. Now, what do we see as the characteristic here? The loving kindness of God, that super loving kindness, that super abundant love. All these preparations that God did on earth to prepare man, they represent choices of the Lord Jesus Christ. He chose to do it this way. And when we see the earth and how it is and the beauty of it, then we get to see, oh, I recognize the Lord Jesus Christ. I can smell the Lord Jesus Christ, in this creation. You know, when our boys were, were little, David and Joseph, they, they shared a room. All three boys had to share a room. But anyway, we had bunks, bunk beds. And they were each very, very particular, because they were crammed in the same room, as to what was theirs and what was his, what was Joseph's and what was David's. And if anyone ever took something from the other, you'd hear this shrill, Mom! You know, say, he took my, you know, whatever. Anyway, and so, you know, it was very particular. These are mine and these are yours, you know. And so, but every morning they made their beds. And, and the problem was that they both had identical pillows and pillow covers. Just identical. That's set up for a real problem. But when they made their beds, and they, and they would just throw their pillows in the middle of the room. And then they'd make their bed. It was a real setup for a real problem here, you know. But it was never a problem. It was never a problem. You know why? Because they knew their pillow by the smell, the distinctive smell. That's the way they told it. They had a smell all right, but anyway. They, <laughs> and they could tell whose pillow was whose. And so one whiff, and they, ah, that's your pillow, you know. <laughs> and, that's, you know. and that's the way it was. That's the way this creation is. This creation has a distinctive smell of the Lord Jesus Christ in it. You can tell that he made it. You know right away, he did this. He, with his mercy, with his loving kindness, with his care, with his sending, with his working, left and right, so much work, you're getting exhausted looking at it. Okay, I'll make the lights here. Then wait a minute. Did you stay there? I'll come back to you later. All of that is part of him and what he did. That's why Psalm 36.6 is very important when it uses that word preserve. He did all this to preserve. You know, there are two wrong concepts that people have today about who God is. One, they think, well, God is not loving, and he doesn't care enough for me, and he has no thought about my preservation, and if I die, I die. And that's not true. That's not what you see in Genesis 1. 
you see tremendous preparation to preserve man as king as david king of israel told us in psalm 36 tremendous preparation not like david silverman the president of the american society of atheists who who said if there's anyone on this planet that wants to live more, I the more, you know what I'm trying to say. He said, I am the one who wants to live forever more than anybody else, he said. But he has a misconception about who God is. The second misconception about God is that he doesn't even care about what I do in life. And I'm going to go to heaven anyway. That's not true either. Because as we'll see in, in Genesis, he is holy And because he is holy, he gives specific commands to man. And when we break those commands, there must be a sacrifice to preserve man. To preserve man. So this verse tells us that God's goal in Psalm 36 was to preserve man. You think he went to all that trouble of trying to preserve man in Genesis so that man can just perish? at the end, even for, no, no, that's not the God we are studying about here. The God who prepared the earth for man also made a way to preserve man after he sinned, after he sinned. Each, every, we've all sinned. Every one of us has sinned. We set our course on a road and a course to destruction, to to, to perish. And the God who put his whole heart into creating in Genesis 1 is the same God who put not only his heart, his body into into becoming a man so that he could die for man's sins so that now man can have this choice. You accept this or you reject it, but God has prepared a way to preserve man, just as he did here in the creation. And then he rose again as we're celebrating today on the third day. There was a tremendous amount of work that went into God's preparation for the earth. It was an elaborate work. It was a complicated work, and it was a symphonic work. Many parts of it were working together. And that's the same way that he has done in our redemption. Because the key word here is, what is the word for the chapter? Prepare, right? Prepare. That's the word. Turn to John 14.2. My father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to what? Prepare a place for you. Can't you picture the time before the creation when God, the Lord Jesus Christ, turned to God the Father and said words similar to this? He said, I go to prepare a place for man called earth, a wonderful place. In that same same way, the great preparer turned to his disciples and he said the same thing. I go to prepare a place for you in my Father's house. He could have said, just like I said, he could have said to his disciples, just like I said to my Father, I go to prepare a place called earth for a man. Now I go to prepare a place for you. And how interesting, can you, can you imagine Adam when he first opened his eyes? What do you think it would have been like for Adam if he would have sat there and said, well, I see, I, you know, I, I see the plants and I see the trees, but they need water to survive, Lord. Have you thought about that? <laughs> he said, did you think about a therapist for me too? Anyway, he, he didn't say that because he trusted and he found out. He trusted and he found out. I see the light here, Lord, but did you set up some kind of, I need some sleep. Do you set up some kind of, did you remember to make a dimmer switch on this light? It's kind of bright here. I can't sleep in this light. God said, I got you covered, Adam. I got you covered. Automatic dimmer switch slowly goes down, slowly comes up. I got it. Now, it would have been foolish for Adam to ask those questions because God worked so hard to prepare the earth. It would have been foolish for Adam to say, 
Um, you know, I, I appreciate what you did here, but boy, I wish I could do a little bit of creating here because you missed something, right? Just like someone who says, I appreciate what you did when you died on the cross for my sins, but I need to add my good works to this, this formula that's just as foolish. Now, in the same way, it's foolish for us to worry what's going to happen to us after we die. When we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't know exactly, but we trust the God preparer, the great preparer God. Because when he said, and as he did, that he prepared all this in the earth, and we can see it, when he said, I go to prepare a place for you, he's preparing a wonderful place for us in a place called the Father's house in heaven. And he worked hard. He worked hard by his ministry here on earth also to prepare us. To, uh, to go to heaven so that he could say at the end of his ministry in John 17, 4, I've glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work, the preparation work for his ministry on earth. Then he worked so hard at that. And then when he came to prepare us by his redemption work on the cross to prepare us to go to heaven, then he said when it was all done in John nineteen thirty, it's finished. It's finished. The great preparer could say, it's finished. So we started with a question. Why did God make man at the end of the sixth day? At the end of the sixth day. Why did he make him earlier? There's one more reason why God did. And that is given to us, and please turn to that, in uh, Job. In uh, Job chapter 38, verse 4. And this whole chapter of Job 38 is dedicated to this reason why God waited until the sixth day to create. The whole chapter 38, we're not going to read it this morning, but you can read it. Job 38. But I'm going to take you two verses here in Job 38 to show you the reason why. Verse 38, it says, Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare thou has understanding. This is the part where God says, I don't remember seeing you there then. All right? <laughs> That's the summary of this chapter 38. I don't remember seeing you there then. Okay. And in verse 21, knowest thou it because thou wast then born? Do you know when all this happened? Because you were born back there, you weren't born then. Or because the number of thy days is so great, they weren't. Why did he wait until the sixth day to create man? Because he wanted it to be crystal clear who this all came from. It, the stage was totally set for Adam. Everything was prepared for him. It was all prepared for man. It was all prepared for man. So that when God, when God finally got around to, to, to bringing man in, he was just saying, there now, now we can do it. Let us make man in our image, you know? It's just like, uh, it's just like when you have a dinner or something like that, you know there's hot apple pie and ice cream at the end. You have to eat all the other stuff first. And you go, now, bring the apple pie and the ice cream, right? And that's what God did here. Let us make man in our image. Here's the best. We're going to make them now. But he wants us to be humble. He wants us to be a humble people. He wants us to realize that he didn't even make us there to, to, so that we could say, well, okay, maybe I didn't do it, but I gave him advice. <laughs> I told him how to do it. No, 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 no. He said, no, at the very end, all done, and I'll bring you in. And he says in Psalm, he says in Psalm 920, about the, the lost. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Just men. Psalm 100, verses 3 through 4 says, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. He, it is He that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His courts with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him. 
He wants us to be a people of thanksgiving. That's why it says also in Psalm 136, 1, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, as we already saw, for His mercy endures forever. There's a plague on this earth today. It's spoken about in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 12. We've got to make sure we don't have that plague. That plague is being unthankful. In the last days, this know also. In the last days, perilous times shall come. Gives a list, and one of them is unthankful. That's what we don't want to be guilty of today. So we have this wonderful God that we've seen here. We've seen all that he has done and the great work that he's done to prepare for us in the creation. And we realize that he's doing a great work in preparing for us a place in heaven. We trust him. We see that man was brought in so that at the very end, so that man would be humble, that man would be thankful. And that sets us up. That sets us up for how we should live. Humble before God who gives us everything and thankful for all he does. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being for us a God of such loving kindness, such mercy, such preparations for us, and such a preserver of life. Thank you so much. And on this day, what could be more precious to us to remember your preserving of life than your rising from the dead. So we can follow you in resurrection life to heaven to live with you forever. Thank you, Lord, for your word and how it enlightens and teaches us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. We need your support to continue this Bible teaching radio program. If you enjoy this teaching from Tom Cantor from the Bible, we want your support to continue this on this station and this city. Call us with your support at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Again, 800-247-3051. Call us with your support today. Also, you can go online to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. Donate online at friendshipwithgod.org or call us again at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Thanks for your listenership and your support of the Friendship with God radio program.